Glory to Livers. Man, it's been a while. We have a special guest here with us today, Brooks Elms. Brooks, thank you so much for being here. How are you doing today? I'm doing awesome. I'm really good. And this, this is Jimmy, my cat. So Jimmy. All, yeah, that's right. All, all the good ideas I have is from my cat. So it's, you know, it's me. I've spoken like a true writer. That, that makes sense. <laughs> where, uh, where are you at? Like, where are you from? I'm in Los Angeles. Oh, man. I'm jealous, Brooks. I'm really jealous. So for, for our audience, tell us like a little bit about yourself. Um, who, who are you? What you've been doing? What, what have you been working on? All of those things. Well, uh, I am a lifelong uh, filmmaker and screenwriter, and uh, and uh, as the uh, so I started out um, making movies really with my friends, like in high school, and mm -hmm. then I went to NYU film school, and then I made a couple independent features, and then the last ten years or so, um, I, I pivoted to mostly screenwriting, um, and then I've also done um, some teaching at like UCLA Extension, and uh, and I also do private consultation. So. Um, so, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so anything that anything to do with, um, you know, with basically content creation, uh, the, the, the creation of it or the marketing of it, um, uh, I've just been fascinated with for, you know, since really since the early 90s. That's awesome. I love, and I love your website, by the way, finishmydamnscript.com. That's how I felt when I was <laughs> writing mine. So, um, a lot of my audience are self-published authors. A lot of them uh, write with having a movie adapted from their, their book in mind. For instance, myself, um, I just write a lot of action, fast-paced books, and I talked to a producer, and he talked about um, me getting into the film industry, and that's where my fascination came in at. Um, so for someone that's starting out, yeah. um, that, that you would consult with, like, let's say, okay, I've got a book. Uh, Brooks, what do I do? Like, how do I turn this book <laughs> into a script? Like, what would you, what would you tell them? Well, there's, there's really two th different sort of tracks to consider here. So one is, is just the craft of, of, of turning, uh, you know, a book into a screenplay, right? So that's one set of, uh, uh, I mean, I can speak to that. And then there's the other part, which is really the business part, which is, um, you know, I've got this, let's say, let's say it's finished. You've, I've got this adapted screenplay from this novel. How can I get it set up someplace? Yes. Um, so really kind of two different uh, facets of it. I can speak to either one if you're interested. The first part craft wise is, um, this is the, the, the important thing is to, is to think about sort of the, the, the two mediums, right? So what's great about novel is you can go anywhere into their thoughts, into their feelings. It's very internal, mm -hmm. the sense of time, uh, as the story unfolds is um, is whatever you want to do it. You can go backwards. You can do whatever you want. It's very free form and almost more like the way you think and how it flows out, right? Mm -hmm. With, with, uh, with uh, you know, uh, video content, whether it's like a TV series or a movie or whatever, it's, um, it's, it's what it does best is, um, is visual, right? So they kind of say, you know, like pure cinema is, is there's no even sound, right? Mm -hmm. It's just people and you watch what they're doing and you get what's going on, right? And then there's, of course, there's genres that are very talky genres where people are having conversations or whatever. Um, but in general, uh, you want to think about the, 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 the strengths of the medium that you're doing. So if you're, you've written a novel, you might think about um, what aspects uh, in, two, in two significant ways. One is, um, 
the the time aspect of it because because movies if it's a movie you're talking about 90 minutes right or 100 mm-hmm. pages 100 so, pages i was just about to ask okay yeah yeah um yeah you don't be careful of anything that's over 120 pages mm-hmm. um because when you actually get to the point where you're trying to get it out in the industry you'll just people they don't want to read it because generally speaking um you can absolutely do justice to almost any story with 120 pages or under. I, I prefer 100 pages, 90 pages for my stuff. Mm-hmm. There should be at least 75. That's really kind of, you know, um, but uh, but once it gets more than that, it, uh, again, they're, they're, look, especially there, there's there's professionals that uh, that are selling all sorts of stuff and doing doing great. And sometimes they'll turn in a draft that's 140, 150 or whatever. But that's different. If you're, so if you're starting out and you're trying to get traction for your career, Keep it to 120 uh, or below, and, mm-hmm. and you know, generally, and 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 what what? But you can not necessarily do that for your first draft. Maybe your first draft is longer, but as you go, you think, okay, what could I cut to get this over to 120? And what you'll almost always realize is, as much as I love the sequence, I don't exactly need it. it. Was great in the novel, not so not doesn't not as essential in the in the in the, uh, in the screenplay. Definitely so, big time, yeah, 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 big time for me. And and, and when I, I didn't mean to interrupt, but in that approach. Are you keeping mindful of how many scenes or locations um, for budget-wise? Because in talking to some producers I've spoken with, they're like, yeah, okay, it's great, but we want to get the locations down so we can keep the budget under a certain part. Are you thinking about that in, in your in your train of thought? It, uh, absolutely, um, and it really depends on what budget level, right? So I, uh, I sold a screenplay recently that was um, – attractive to buyers um because it was it uh it was something that could be made for maybe 50 million dollars but it looked like 150 million dollars right it was something that was set on the international space station mm-hmm. and so um, it had a very big scope but it really most of it could have been shot in a studio and so um so there, there's that level right when you're talking about studio level projects and so, you know, really big things mm-hmm. on the independent filmmaker side you're talking, it's the same principles, fewer locations, fewer characters makes it, you know, makes it cheaper. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but generally independent films, you're, you're looking at one, you know, a minimal amount of locations set in the present, you know, that, that, that maybe they can, even can shoot in like their friend's restaurant or their own place or whatever. It's, if you're talking about extreme to like the micro budget stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So you really, so, um, so I'm mindful to an extent. The, the one thing I might say if you're just, if it's like your first screenplay, even if you've written some novels and it's your first screenplay, um, it helps to be mindful of that stuff, but you might just be still getting your voice as a screenwriter. So maybe it doesn't matter so much. And if you write some big fantasy epic, whatever, <clears throat> and, it, and it's emotionally compelling, then, you know, and then, then maybe it's not even so much about selling that one as it is as going, wow, this person has an amazing voice. It's filmic. And we want this person to write on our TV show and do that same sort of thing. Right. So there's those two different values of, of, of a spec screenplay is one is you might get it set up itself or two, you might get work. Uh, again, they might say, oh, we're doing this TV show. Your writing voice is great. We want you to write for us. Or they might go, you know what? This is great. We don't want to buy this particular thing, but we just adapted. Uh, we just uh, bought the rights to this other book. It sim- has these similar elements. We think you crush it. C- we'll pay you to write that, right? So oh, those are, it's a lot of different are, areas, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so there's there's two very different um, uh, sources of value for writing a screenplay. And if your very first one, you know, being budget mindful, mind, uh, being budget uh, 
conscious is, mm -hmm. is, is not a bad idea, but um, there's there's so much value in at least just getting your first one or two out there. So, you know, it, it's not it's not it's not the biggest issue. I got you. Okay, so in, in saying that, I'm upset with your first screenplay. I know a lot of people are afraid of their work getting stolen. I think when I edited my first one, um, I was so petrified with the editor that I chose. I hired somebody off Upwork to like edit the screenplay before I shipped it to this producer. And I wanted her to sign an NDA. I made sure it was uh, copywritten. And then I got uh, a copyright from WGA as well. Do you think all of those things are even necessary? Well, no, not at all. And, and, um, and you're almost your work is almost never going to be stolen. And if it is, that's actually a great thing. Um, that being said, still register it with the guild. Um, it mm -hmm. only costs whatever twenty bucks, twenty five mm -hmm. bucks. Um, so it, it's better to be on the safe side. It's so easy to do; it doesn't cost much. You just do it and then forget about it. But um, it's much more important, sort of energetically and mindset wise, to not at all be worried about. Uh, somebody stealing your stuff because think about it just it's like oh no they're gonna steal it right the energy's ah yeah not, you, you want to get on the other side i'm abundant i have so many ideas go ahead steal this one i got a hundred more behind it it's like um, that that's the flow that you want to get into because it, it's better for your creative mojo your business mojo and and you want the high quality problem that that you have material that's so good that they'd want to steal it because yeah. the truth is the much harder thing is um it's just creating work that's emotionally compelling and really sets itself apart. Um, and that's really difficult to do. And generally speaking, if you get to your, your craft at that level, they're not going to steal from you. They're going to want to work with you. They're going to pay you a lot of money. So, so the whole idea, and it comes up, you know, when I teach at UCLA, almost every class, there's somebody going, Oh my goodness, what's going to happen? Somebody's going to steal my stuff. And I'm always like, Put it out of your mind. Do not worry about it. It's not. I've personally never heard of. I mean, I've heard stories, this and that, but it's not something you should at all be in the least bit concerned about. I like that approach. The energy-wise, keeping the energy up and positivity flowing throughout the whole process. Yeah. I like that. So, um, and, and keeping in that, not worrying about your work being stolen. Okay, just being positive, putting yourself out there. When is the time that says, okay, I need to go get a lawyer? <laughs> right. Well, uh, and that's a great question, right? Because mm -hmm. there absolutely is a time. Um, and, then, and then even after that, um, uh, it's how do you interact with your lawyer and manage your lawyer? I'm going through a really interesting deal right now where mm -hmm. um, I've got an awesome lawyer, um, but lawyer's got a lawyer, right? So his lawyer, my lawyer and their lawyer are like this. Yeah. And me and the creators are like, look, we don't even care about that stuff. Just get the deal done. Let's do this thing, right? So, so there's a time to let them fight it out. And then there's a time to go, um, no, 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 let's just, you know what? I appreciate that, but let's, let's go. Right. So, um, but getting back to your first point, um, you get the lawyer. When well, let me give you an example. Okay. So I was talking to a producer about a script, sent him the script and he's, uh, he was very positive about it. Very energetic about it. Me being trying to make sure I'm crying, uh, crossing all T's, dotting all I's. I called a friend of mine um, and asked him for any recommendations for uh, an entertainment lawyer because he's a lawyer in some other aspect. He gave me a contact. I contacted him, and that's really all we've done since. Was that even the time for me to even contact the lawyer at that time? So uh, the the produ producer said, I like this material. I'm interested I'm going to shop it around. Yeah, just uh, I'm, uh, not well, shop around. That's the wrong term. Um, 
Well, that's that's see, that's important because yeah. um, there's there's two there's two sort of legal ways that a producer will get involved with with a screenwriter in that point. Um, gen generally speaking, one is they'll they'll do what's called a shopping agreement, which basically usually doesn't have any money attached to it, and usually just says, "Look, give me uh, a year or a year and a half. I'm going to try to get your 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 thing set up, and then at that point we'll kind of figure out the deal, right?" Um, and in that time, you can't sell it to anybody else. You haven't technically sold it to this producer. You're just giving them an exclusive shot to go set it up, right? Mm -hmm. that, that's one way to do it. And that's sort of a more of a recent way. Uh, uh, the other way to do it, uh, which is more, you know, which has been sort of the, the more, more common way is to basically option it. So what they'll do is um, they'll pay you a dollar or, or however much you negotiate to, to, to have the option of of turning this into a movie at some point and they'll say i'll give you let's say five thousand dollars now for the option to turn this into a movie we'll do some rewrites or i'll set it up i'll get stars attached and then when the production is up and running and it's funded then you'll get your screenplay sale amount which is if it's writer's guild minimum you're looking at what you know 50 60 thousand mm -hmm. and up from there if it's an independent producer it could be you know nothing whatever it's whatever you negotiate Got you, got you. Okay, because I, I know when I talk to authors, they're they're so worried about the legal side first, about you know the stealing and all of that. So I wanted to get that out of the way first. But for me, in the self publishing space, uh, as far as telling people about writing books, it's always about the content coming first. Um, you yeah. can worry about a lot of things. I can worry about my my screenplay getting sold, but how can I worry about that if I haven't even wrote it yet? So as far as as far as writing goes. Um, What's the best software that you use? I know Final Draft is sort of a, a standard, if you will. What do you what do you use? I use Writer's Duet. Um, uh, it, it doesn't really matter so much. Um, I mean, definitely, uh, I recommend using something um, as opposed to like you know a, you know Word document, um, just because it formats it for you and it's easier. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, Final Draft is is the industry standard, but it it has to, it's just buggy. It's a pain in the neck. Um, it's definitely uh, rough. It's I uh, I've had my growing pains with it trying to uh, understand. It, it drives most screenwriters nuts. Um, but the truth is, um, for whatever reason, even though it's a fairly simple word processor, um, there's certain issues that come up. Even you know, uh, you know, again, I use Writer's Duet. It's fine. There's a free version and there's a premium. Um, and there's others. There's, there's two or three others. People use Scrivener, I think. And yeah. Um, so, but it's you know, it, ultimately, it's, it's not that important. Um, it's you know, you use whatever you can get your hands on at whatever fits your budget, and, and yeah. get in there. Just get the words out. Okay, makes sense. Yeah. Got a question for you from the audience. How okay. did Brooks get into his first deal? What was his process? So, thank you. Uh, I appreciate that. Um, mm -hmm. well, the the. The process for screenwriting it is different than the so the deal. Let's say uh, so in terms of craft, um, the first like probably handful of features that I wrote, I kind of just muscled my way through it, and then once I made that pivot to pure screenwriting, um, I, uh, I I got into um, Blake Snyder's Save the Cat method, which is phenomenal. Um, it's, uh, it, it really revolutionized the way I was thinking about sort of structure and process. And after I really mastered his, me his method and sort of created my own version of it, I, it's a machine. Really? I, my, yeah, because what it, what it does is it tells you where not to put your creative energy, right? And most people, the mistake most people make, which I made myself, is 
they've got this idea, even if you've already started with a book, it's like, I've got this idea, I'm going to write a screenplay, page one, fade in, right? Mm -hmm. But what you haven't done is put enough energy on how to think about the premise, how to think the main story points, how to think about the structure. And those creative decisions are far more important for the most part than the character comes in and says this and does this, right? That's important, but that's really like the icing on the cake. If you don't have the good cake, you got trouble. So that's process wise in terms of craft. And then once I had that down, um, you know, deals ended up sorry coming to me. Um, mm -hmm. specific, specifically the, the first deal that I had like a, where I got signed by a major agency and, 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 you know, and, and had some money behind it and worked with people who done movies you've heard of. Um, uh, it was a colleague of mine who I brought this other project to him and he was like, look, I like that project, but uh, I'm, my contacts are in this sort of the genre space where right? can you come up with a genre sort of idea? And so I came back, <clears throat> pitched him a couple of different ideas. He liked this one particular idea. Uh, we were going to make it ourselves on a, on a low budget, you know, a couple million dollars ourselves. Um, but he was like, look, this came out really well. I think I might be able to help get it set up on a bigger level. And that's even more of a career advancement. So I said, sure. So, um, so he walked it across town to, he got it into this, uh, well, he got assigned uh, at, at uh, UTA and then um, set up this one producer and then this other producer got an even bigger fish producer. So that's kind of how it works in general. When you, um, when you have material, you get people attached and they kind of can go up, up the food chain in terms of people who have more and more access to, um, to money or connections or things to move it forward. Got you. Okay. And I mean, this is a, is this a long process? Was that a long process on your first deal? Yes. Got you. <laughs> yeah. the, 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 uh, so A, yes. B, in terms of thinking about mindset and your, and your sort of career, mm -hmm. um, it's all about the process. The last thing uh, I, I, I invite my clients uh, and people to think about is, um, sort of the results and the consequences. All that. Just put that stuff out of your mind. Do good work, show up, be a good business person. Um, uh, do, you know, so on the creative side and the business side, you show up and, and you have integrity and, mm -hmm. and you have fun with the process. And then it takes as long as it takes. It's going to take almost certainly longer than you want it to. Um, and then, you know, and, um, and ultimately who cares? Yeah. When you get that one done, there's just another one after that. And after yeah. that one, you another one that, you know. And then, okay, you win a big award, and then you're like, oh, now I'm worried about the award I won. So it's, there's always things to worry, worry about. Yeah, right? no shortage, yeah. yeah. So just forget all that stuff. You're in the process. You've already made it. Have fun. Um, it takes as long as it takes. Got you. I'm, I'm glad you brought up process because um, I've, I've been watching – differences with the film industry now that we're going through uh, social distancing and COVID. Um, I, but one thing I was thinking about, I, I saw a Zoom of uh, Insecure, the HBO show. Their writers were doing like a Zoom call. Somebody did a picture. And I was thinking like, what's going to change about the writer's room now? Um, you won't be together with your, your colleagues. Like, what have you experienced in being in writer's rooms? And how do you think that's going to change now with COVID? Well, I actually haven't been, I've written a few pilots. I haven't actually been in a writer's room, although I have uh, a lot of friends that, that have. Um, and the, the main thing with the writer's room is that it's um, it's very social, right? It's because you're in there, you know, depending, I mean, comedy writers, writer's rooms are a little different than drama writer's rooms, but, but in general, um, they're very social and that's a really big aspect of it. Um, uh, so 
it, it's going to be different if, if people, um, you know, aren't in the same space. Um, I think, but ultimately look, um, you know, as I say, like with drama shows anyway, they, they tend to have, have shorter writer rooms. So it's, it's just a matter of connecting with people on zoom, uh, when, when you need to, and then, and then beating it out, you know, the, the ideas and, and, and the breaking the, the outlines for the stories. And then so it, it's not going to be that different other than, more so than anybody. Look, everybody's shifting their their experiences, right? You know, yeah, we talk definitely. More on Zoom. So it's it's um, it's it's going to be different in some ways, but actually, that's one of the places that um can can survive that transaction transition really pretty easily um, because uh, you're talking about ideas, you're talking about group discussions, and you're talking about you know what do they do in the writers' room? They sit around talking anyway, so. Um, it's nicer for them to be in the same room. There's that back and forth that's a more intimate when it's in real real time. But mm -hmm. it's 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 not going to be um, experientially. It'll feel different, but um, that's not where the the sort of the, the rub is for for the the, the film the film business or, or the TV business. Um, it's it's really on the production side where things are going to have to very significantly change until we get a vaccine and get ahead of it. Yeah, big time, big time. I was reading this article earlier about New Zealand and how um, their film industry is being hit. And uh, reading in the in the article, I didn't think about how like Lord of the Rings and big films like that that need wide open green spaces are filmed there um, in New Zealand. Their economy is going to take a huge hit from it. What do you, I mean, nobody can really tell anything. Um, you'll know definitely better than I do. What are you hearing? What What's happening? What do you think is going to happen sort of with film industry? now that we're moving into the space. Yeah, well, one of the things uh, I love about the, um, the film business, um, but really sort of artists in general, is, is that we're by nature, we're scrappy, we're innovative, um, we figure stuff out. When you're, when you're making a movie, even under the best uh, uh, conditions, stuff happens. You lose a location, an actor gets sick. There's a, it's, it's a constant process of, of sort of chaos and you just kind of make stuff up. And what's amazing is what happens almost always is you've got your heart set on this location or whatever, it falls through and everybody panics and then you settle down and you go, okay, how can we use this to our advantage creatively? And all of a sudden you come up with solutions you never would have come up with otherwise and you fall in even deeper love with the new solutions. Not always, right? But if you're open to that creative process and the flow of it, stuff happens. So I've already heard about innovations that, that people are doing um, Tyler Perry supposedly in, in Georgia has, has almost like his own quarantine campus and people are going to go there for, supposedly well, I'm hearing, um, I didn't read it directly I heard it from a friend, but, but there's going to be, people will come to shoot a, a, a production with him, maybe self quarantine on the campus for like 14 days. And then they come over and then, you know, film sets are fairly contained anyway. And if people are, um, uh, you know, and, and then they're practicing some social distancing on the set, there's, there's a lot of innovative ways that'll, um, you know, it'll be different. It'll, 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 um, you know, slow things down. One of the things um, uh, I've heard people doing, like for like hair and makeup, some of the, because you know the TV show stuff is is going on now. Definitely, the, yeah. The makeup artist will send the kit to the actress or the on-air talent, and then basically through a Zoom call, <laughs> do their own makeup and talk them back. I mean, it's that is they're, interesting. They're completely innovating and and just and again, this is you can't exist at all in the film business or the TV business without being really good at thinking on your feet, improvising. So um, while it's not like a walk in the park for, for our industry, it's um, it's very much in our nature. Um, so 
That doesn't you. mean everything, everything's going to return to normal, but it's you're going to see these um, these innovations pop up here and there, and then people will learn from each other, and it'll get up and rolling. And you know, the the bigger issue to me is um, what's going to happen in the fall. Is there going to be because uh, right now they're what surprised me about this thing is that the um, you know, I figured, you know, we, we locked down for a month or so and it's, you know, then, then everybody who had it kind of runs its course, we get around it and then it's going to drop down. And what I've seen is we got around it, but it's kind of leveling off. It's not yeah. really going away yet. So, and now we're opening, sh I, I, I'm concerned it's going to come back, not even in the fall, but maybe. So if it comes. Not the only one I am too. Yeah. I'm concerned about that as well. And, you know, the, the Spanish flu 100 years ago, it was the second wave that was way worse. It wasn't the first one. So I, I hope I'm wrong, but I have a hunch it's going to get worse. And if it does, then it just restricts it. But I think what's ultimately going to happen, right, is, is you're going to have these innovative ways to more granularly open up and do what you can with what you, you know, have. And then you'll kind of you'll figure it out. Um, because, look, people need stories. Stories are, are essential to you know, to people getting by and, and there's other forms, but people love, you know, visual stories. So the, the demands there, the, the supply will happen. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Cause I'm watching TV now and I'm thinking like, um, is, are we going to have a drought of content essentially, or some shows not going to be able to film because of COVID restrictions. And then that makes me think, so when we do get back up and filming, is this going to be like a great time for writers to have this content piled up with different things for people that are roaring and ready to go with their budgets. Do you think that's how it's kind of going to go? I think the um, the best mindset to have is that it's always a good time for content um, because because literally in, in the 110 or 120 year history of, of, of cinema, at least, right? And the whatever, 60 years of, of TV, mm -hmm. you could take any given year and say, oh, this is why it's a terrible year or this is why it's a good year, right? So again, Get the mindset right. Always look for positive. Always look for optimism. Um, it's always a good time. There's always opportunities, and and there's real truth to that. It's not just pie in the sky thinking. There's because you're talking about, you know, hundreds. There's something like 550 TV series on now, maybe 600 series. Um, uh, uh, the feature films from like independent producers or whatever. You're talking about 500 feature films, something like that, a thousand, you know, other, more, if you talk about, uh, you know, other, other countries. So yeah, there absolutely are opportunities. It's a ma matter of finding your kindred spirits, finding the people that love the same things you do and that you have it expressed in your material. And once you find that, it finds a way to sort of move forward. Got you. Got you. Great. What are you excited about right now um, with everything going on? Are, are you seeing anything that's got you excited or? hearing about something that's going on that's got you excited that you can talk what, about? Uh, well, I'm excited about, I'm excited about life in general that, um, and not the, not the tragedy. I mean, it's, it's terrible that people are, are, um, uh, have lost their lives and have gotten very sick and the way they get sick is horrible and, and people have lost so much money and, and jobs and all the opportunities. So all that stuff is, is terrible. Um, that aside, the, you know, the 99 0.9% of the rest of us that are doing just fine, uh, or, or, or at least are surviving or healthy. Um, uh, well, again, some of the people are struggling financially, but I, this opportunity to just slow the hell down and, and, and be with your family or whoever you are, have more flexibility with how you spend your time, mm -hmm. chill out, um, 
Man, it's been a beautiful blessing. I have a, I have a 10-year-old uh, and a 13-year-old son and, and, and my wife. And so we, we were playing ping pong tournaments and poker and uh, we're playing a vegetable garden in the backyard. And wow, it's that's just, amazing. It's been a, a, a real, real blessing to me, experientially at least. Um, uh, and so, um, yeah, I, I, feel, I, I feel fortunate. And I think my kids actually are going to probably look back to this period of their lives and see it as one of the highlights just because the real stuff we wouldn't have done otherwise for sure. Um, so, so I feel a lot of appreciation actually. Yeah. And I, I feel you on that. I think back to my childhood cause I'm looking at these kids and I'm like, I wonder what they're going to think 20 years from now as they explain this, you know, how it felt being around this time. Cause their perspective mm -hmm. is different from ours. But I thought about um, when I was younger, if I could have had a time when my, both of my parents couldn't go to work and we had to be in the house together, I would have loved that to have them at home. Probably the most time that some people have spent with their family ever. Um, yeah. Hold on a moment. Got another question from Dorian. It says, what about the death of movie theaters and the birth of streaming? Is more content being sold? Good question, Dorian. Thank you. What do you it, think, Brooks? It, it's a great question. Um, yeah, movie theaters are hurting for sure. Um, and here's some. Here's one thing I think that's going to happen with that. And, and streaming is booming for sure as well. Mm -hmm. So I think um, streaming's going to pick up any slack for, for demand. Uh, so that's 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 already been happening. It's going to continue to happen, and that's fine. What I think is going to happen with movie theaters in an interesting way is I think they're going to um, they're going to have to get again get a little more innovative, and they've already done some innovative stuff in terms of releasing things online to their communities. But I think furthermore, I think we're going to see uh, an, a, a rise of once social distancing kind of uh, gets figured out in movie theaters that you're going to see them almost being more like. Um, Community centers, in in the sense where it's, it won't, because they've already sometimes will show sports events or other things. But I, I have a feeling there's going to be in, uh, an influx of like, like premium TV events at movie theater, like the Game of Thrones finale, or or when there's content like at that huge blockbuster level content that absolutely could play at movie theaters, and it, and it would pack the house, and they basically buy a lot of popcorn and soda, and everybody's happy, right? I so think that'd I be think, great. Yeah, I, I think you're going to see the theaters being more flexible and having this more of a hybrid model and their bread and butter is probably going to be, you know, feature length movies, but you know, why not have a weekly uh, series of, of the hot new HBO show or this or that. And then you see the same people coming back every week and you have coffee afterwards. Mm -hmm. So I think that's how they're going to innovate and everybody's going to win. Um, that's the thing with these shakeups is that they, they can be really scary. They can be, um, you know, you know, people are facing really terrible things. Um, and, there's opportunity there, um, and if you show up and, and you're and you're uh, in the moment and you're looking for opportunities that that are helpful to you and to other people, you can see ways to innovate that ultimately takes it to a new level that you didn't see before. Yeah, yeah I, I'm excited for the, all the innovation. Like you said, that um, creators period are kind of scrappy in nature and think on the fly. Maybe all the trauma that a lot of us, some of us have been through uh, makes it able to adapt to different things. But um, I, I'm excited for that, to what's to come, what different things come out of it. I've got a question for you about Californication. I <laughs> <laughs> um, was watching an episode a long time ago, and I think um, the main character, I can't even remember his name anymore, um, he was on the set of a show, and they were having him like change things on the fly to the script. 
changing gears a little bit, but does that even does that really happen in your experience? Um, where they'll have a writer, not necessarily even in a writer's room, but just maybe one or two writers. Hey, this isn't working. We're changing this right now. Does that happen? All the time. Yeah, gotcha. all the time. It's actually more unusual that um, a movie or TV show would get um, filmed like verbatim. You know, I mean, it happens somewhat, but almost never. I mean, it's just just by the nature of. And, and it shouldn't because when you're in the moment as an actor and you're and you're interacting with somebody, um, you, if it feels real, you're playing the moment. You're right there and you're going back and forth. So if the line is, um, no, I never told her that, you know what I mean? And I'm thinking of the line, it feels fake. If I'm, if I'm interacting with you and then I reveal, no, I didn't tell her that, it, 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 um, if I'm, you know, I might even say the word a little bit differently, right? I might say, oh no, I never told her. And, 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 but if I'm in the moment when I say that, that's the better take. So, so sometimes what I would do when I've made my own movies is I would get it good enough to how it was in the script. And then I'd say, okay, forget about it. Say whatever you want, but be in the moment. And I would say, you know, I don't know, 10%, 20% of the time, the actors in that moment would do a version that was just more fresh and better than what we had written because, you know, when you're writing, you've got a vivid imagination, but you're in your office or whatever. Um, on the set, it's it's realer, and 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 yeah. and, and, the, and the actor is there and saying, drawing from their real life experience, and they're more they're scared or they're whatever they're playing the moment to a more authentic um, degree. So, as a director, I absolutely wanted them to, uh, you know, uh, to play from that part of that spark of their creativity, um, and that's pretty pretty common across the across the board in fact the um if uh, you know there, there there's the, the the directors that don't really allow that tend to have sort of more have stiffer performances if they're really insisting that the lines be exact bum, 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 you know you tend to get actors that are a little more worried as opposed to being in the scene just reacting and right? flowing yeah, yeah got you got you okay okay understood so in closing up what do you recommend um, for for author that's saying, okay, I want to write a script. I've got this software. It doesn't matter what software really. Do you advise that they start reading scripts? Do you tell them, hey, go read this book or go watch this video? What What do you tell them to do aside from your students? Like, what would you just tell someone to do? Yeah, it's a great it's a great question. A, uh, I would suggest picking up uh, Blake Snyder's book, Save the Cat. Um, I think they've got a new one actually that's Save the Cat for Novelists. I don't know if that's to do adaptations or just about structure for uh, novelists. I'm not, I'm not sure either way because I, I don't write novels. Um, but um, uh, but his his overview of of Hollywood structure is it's the same. Look, you can you can look online for free uh, a lot of different ways on people talking about structure. It's it's really not all that different than Aristotle was talking about structure thousands of years ago, right? It's basically beginning, middle, and end. Yeah. Um, but there's different ways and aspects of thinking about the beginning, middle, and end, and, and, and some of them that are very specific to Hollywood structure that really helps. And Blake Snyder's approach for me and for a lot of people that have come across him, he's, he's very, it's easy, it's easy, to, it's, he's, he's not like intellectual and hoity-toity. He's very down, down to earth, straightforward, fun, easy to get really smart and robust. And this is whether you're doing heavy drama or comedy or anything, it, his ideas really work across the board. So he's, he's a very accessible, uh, and what I also think is, um, if you pick his book up and you don't like his style, you don't mm -hmm. like, then, then 
throw it and go to the next one. I mean, what's most important is you have somebody who's vibing with your type of creative approach. Um, but to, but absolutely with screenplays, almost everybody, especially novels, because novels will be so good with words and, and characters and, and moments and things like that. What they're almost certainly not as good at is the engineering aspect of, of, of structure. And um, so I would uh, invite them to go, go into that, get a sense of where to put that sort of creative energy, how to think of it as a premise. Um, and uh, and that'll help. I actually have a, a free e-course they could check out. It's called um, the Screenwriter's uh, Survival Guide. It's, it's free and it talks about my process inspired by Blake Snyder's. But again, it's you can there's there's a hundred different ways of doing the same basic thing about beginning, middle, and end. But if you don't think about the structure side of it, you almost certainly will be undercutting your um, your creative powers. Um, and, and you'll be, it'll be just like a, it'll, the script will, will read nicely or whatever, but it won't have that power that you feel towards it for other people because the structure choices are so important um, to get right. So I would say, uh, A, uh, find out somehow about um, screenplay structure. Um, it's fun anyway. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, B, um, read, the, read your favorite scripts from the last couple years. Um, you can read any script you're reading from any time is fine. Um, but in terms of like, once you get it done, you want to get it set up in the business. If the page craft, even from like the nineties or like 15, or, the page craft kind of changes, the style changes a little bit. Um, if you want to see absolute cutting edge page craft, mm -hmm. there, there's this thing called the blacklist and they basically, um, it's, it's a, it's a collection of people in the development community that, that vote for their favorite screenplays of the year. And, and they'll have the list of, of the favorite screenplays. Um, go read them from the most recent year and you'll see really cutting edge, the, 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 the spec screenplays that the business thinks are their favorites, right? And, and look at that page craft. So if you took, let's say, here, here, here's, here's a way to think about it. So mm -hmm. A, read, read a book or a few about structure or read it online or get my course or wherever. Mm -hmm. That's A. B, um, uh, read a couple of your favorite screenplays from any era read a couple of your screenplays um, from like last year on the blacklist that were considered the best that sound interesting to you. Mm -hmm. And then even probably most importantly, read like two or three screenplays in the exact genre of yours. You're writing a love story, read a love story. Uh, again, preferably the last five years. Um, and then you'll just, you'll get a sense of how they're making the choices. So you don't have to reinvent the wheel. You just, you copy and steal from them in the right way. Right. Um, gotcha. And, yeah, and then it, and you just put your what, what Hollywood wants is the same but different, right? So you look at what they're doing that's the same, that's working. It's like McDonald's, right? It's not not the best burger ever, but it's the same. It's familiar. We like it. And what's different is they, they come out with a shamrock shake in March. We're like, oh, let's go. It's gonna be so. So so that's what Hollywood does. All those movies, they're the same but they're different. And you want to get the the right balance of. If, if, if it's too it's too much the same, it's it's boring. It's too familiar, right? If it's too different, it gets artsy and experimental, and people won't be interested. You want to get that right balance of the same but different. Um, so, uh, and that helps. If you read more screenplays, you start to get a sense of how that when that screenplay hit, why it's a good balance of the same but different. I, I resonate with that. Um, Self-publishing is kind of like that. Where with niches, like the the readers get. 
they want something different to a certain aspect, but they still want their happy ending. They still want certain things in the book to happen. So I'm definitely sure that, that translates. And I know authors, self-published authors at least, can definitely resonate with that. And I think translate very well to that sort of um, framework. There's a recipe for it. You can dibble and dabble with some of the ingredients, but for the most part, this recipe needs to stay the same in this niche. I really, really, really enjoy talking to you. I appreciate you. When I come to LA, I owe you some coffee. <laughs> we got to right. sit down. And I know I haven't touched on nearly any of your background with NYU and your teachings and all that. I'd love to have you back on in the next few months and we can talk more about that. And we'll we'll see this changing of the guard and talk more about that too, if that's okay. I'd love to come back. I'm 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 a big fan of you and what you're doing and the way that you're doing it. Um, it's it was uh, I, I, as soon as I saw your website, I was like, oh yeah, I, I like it. I, I, I saw total kindred spirit. So I, I love what you're doing. It's great. Um, and uh, yeah, happy to come back. Thank you. I received that. So I know you talked about um, your course and everything. Um, where can everyone find you? You can find me uh, on Twitter at Brooks Elms. B-R-O-O-K-S-E-L-M-S at Twitter. Uh, and uh, you can go to my website, finishmydamnscript.com. Uh, Can't that forget that. Course. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> there's a free, free course there that I told you about and then more about me if you want uh, help with any of your projects. Terrific. Terrific, Brooks. Thank you so much. Right to Livers, this is a wealth of knowledge. If you're ready to get into the film industry, uh, writing your screenplay, please speak to Brooks about it. His website, again, is finishmydamnscript.com. Brooks, your class act. Thank you. I appreciate you having me on. Uh, thank you. I really appreciate you.